Who are my travelers in the, in the congregation? Oh, we know you guys travel more. Do you like to travel? Do you like to travel? Who's an anxious traveler? Oh, we almost have more of those than they didn't even want to raise their hand. There's an anxious traveler sometimes. And when we talk about, we think about all the things that, that can go wrong sometimes, right? And we miss our joy in where we are going. We miss sometimes that the destination should overshadow that anxiousness, right? Because I think about it just on the trips that Chrissy and I have taken fairly recently, there's always that worry, are we, what's going to go wrong that we're not going to get to do what we intended, right? What's going to cut this short or what's going to even stop our trip before we get started? I think about oh, any travel during COVID, that was the fear, right? That you're going to test right before you go and they're gonna, you're going to have all these tickets, you're going to have all these plans that get ruined. And if that happened to you, I'm so sorry. But if we, I think about a time where we went, and I, many of you heard this story before, that we went through security. Everything went fine. Then we get into the concourse, getting ready to get on the plane, and my driver's license is gone. Now, you're thinking, that would be bad enough, but we had rented a really nice, just a, a car to, to have some fun with while we were there. So I didn't even get to drive for the first half of the trip, right? It took away from the trip, and, but it could have been much worse. And I'll tell you, the thing that I've had the most anxiety of is what is this process going to be like when I come back? When I'm going through security, you've got to go through the, the, the harder uh, security check when you don't have some of those things, right? It's no fun. And think about a uh, time we went to, we recently went to, and we were out of the country, and you went in before, the, they had these little kiosks that you had to go to. It was really easy, and you would put your passport on there, and, and I think I spoke about this one time before, and you would look up, and it, and it, would, con- it would take a screen of your face, and, and guess what? You either get a green check or a red X, right? Now, in all honesty, the red X isn't the worst thing. You really just go to another place, and you have to have a human do it, and, and it's really not that bad. But when you're in a different country, and you don't know what's going on, you really don't want things to go wrong. You don't want it to mess up your trip. You don't want to see a big red X, right? And, and Chrissy got one of those. She was one of the two people, and, and you're, just, you're really just anxious about what's going to mess your trip up, right? That we have these things that interrupt us, or, or maybe you have to go and do something, and or you get there, you, get, you don't want to get sick when you're on a trip. You don't want anything to interrupt what your plans are on that trip. I think we can all relate to that. Well, we're, our passage today, it's a very short passage, but our passage today is about one such trip that got interrupted in a way that I don't think that we always give a lot of reflection because we're looking at it from a different perspective. But if you would stand with me for the reading of God's Word... We have been in Matthew 27, and we're going to go today. We're going to be in Luke 23. It's the continuation of the story, but Luke gives us a couple more details, so I wanted to switch over to, the, to the Luke's version of this. And we're going to be in chapter 23 of the book of Luke, starting with verse 26. We're going to read a couple passages, but today we're going to really focus on just the very beginning of this. But it says, As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon of Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him, and made him carry it behind Jesus. 
A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Dear, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. Not just for these words, but what these words have meant to us. These are not words on a page. This is your story of what you have done to bring us into this world and what you will bring us into. Our salvation is found in these words and was brought about by your life, your death, and your resurrection. As we are in this Easter time, let our hearts be overjoyed with the hope and the promise that not just your death, but your resurrection brought to each of us. We are grateful today and thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And if we look at the beginning of these passages, there's just some words that, that stand out, but we really know very little. This is in our, this is in our, um, our series, Way of Sorrow, based on that path that Jesus took We've, a couple weeks ago, we talked about his trial. We talked about Pilate. We talked about the scourging. We've talked about the beating that was given. And today, they leave that. And they're now on the path, on the way to the cross. They're on the path to Golgotha, where Christ will be crucified. And we see this, that this is a small portion. We're not told very much about Simon, but that the more that I reflected on this and through this passage, the more that, that, that I, I came to, to want to know, want to understand, want to dig into Simon's life a little bit and, and to see if there are things that we are to take away from this. There are details that Luke gives us that others don't, that I think they have to be purposeful, right? We have to believe these words are purposeful, when they're given to us, the inspiration of these words. And if we think about this, if we think about what we do know, and, and I just want us to think about the story, again, from Simon's perspective. And like I said, we, we can't be certain of some things. But I think we can get a, a, a glimpse of what this would have been like. And I believe that si- Simon, see, we're, Cyrene is in the north part of Africa and what is now Libya. It's about, depending on what part, almost a thousand miles from Jerusalem. Now, who's gone a thousand miles to someone recent, somewhere recently? It's not a short trip, right? Now, that's today. Now, think about at that time, you're, you're going to be walking. You're going to be going eight hours a day. This is a, this is a trip that probably took at least, but probably more so than a month to get there. You see, the, the part of, of Cyrene where they're at... Uh, it had a huge population. Almost a quarter of their population were Jews at that time. 
You see, it, it was an odd place for them to be, but through the, those that had been dispersed and everything, there, there became a community there. There was a synagogue there. They had sent out, they were, they were good Jews, right? And if you're a good Jew, what do you want to do at some point? You want to take a trip to the Holy Land, right? That's what you would like to do. You want to go to Jerusalem. You want to experience the Passover, so we see the same Passover feast that is happening in this Holy Week for Jesus and his journey. And we can think that, you know, just a couple months before, Simon had started getting excited that he was going to be able to go. He knew it would be a difficult journey. We don't know what he faced. We have no idea what he, ha- what he faced in going. And we honestly don't know that he came from there then. It says he's from there, so maybe he had moved. But, but they didn't move that much. He was most likely from there and lived there and he was a part of that community and so we think about the possibility that he made this travel he'd been so excited to get there he's going to be able to see the temple he's going to be able to see these things that he had heard of he gets there this is on the north side of the temple he says he just came in from the country we don't know if that's just for that day or whatever but he had just gotten there And he'd heard and probably seen these crowds go to see what happens. And he sees this person being let out that is bloody and beaten. He probably gets closer because guess what? That's what we all do, right? You see a wreck, you see whatever, you're going to look, you're going to to do a little. So we have Simon probably doing a little gawking right here, right? And looking to see what's going on. And he sees a crowd that is odd. We see a crowd that is angry, that is mocking that is booing, that is just calling for this person that he has no idea anything about uh, to be crucified. But then he also sees these others along the path. A large number of people followed him. A large number. We like to think that everybody on that path, right, is, is trying to call for his crucifixion. But no, we have those that are compassionate, those that have sympathy, those that, that have listened to him, that have seen him do miracles. These are probably some of the people that he had healed. They're like, oh, he had healed me, so I'm going to follow him wherever he goes. Even though I do not have the power to overcome the powers and principalities that are Rome at this time, I don't have the, the influence to change the minds of those Pharisees and teachers of the law, those that, that had been and made Jesus their enemy. I will, can't, you can't always overcome the things of this world in worldly ways. Do you know that? So sometimes we see things happen that we know are not right. And when we can do something about it, we do. And when we're not our hearts are to mourn. This large crowd came and they, they were on these streets and they watched too as others were calling for this crucifixion. They mourned and they wailed for him. Now, this is me just reading in a little bit. But don't you think Jesus heard those? This isn't a light thing. This is mourning and wailing. And I tell you, back in, back in this time, in the first century, they knew how to mourn and wail. <laughs> right? They, they knew how to make some noise when they're doing it. They, they knew how to let people know that there was something wrong in their heart and their spirit. So you see Jesus in his just beaten condition. The weight of this cross, going down the road, not 
probably not able to stand anymore on his own. Don't you think he heard those people? Don't you think it encouraged him to continue on his path? These are the people that I'm doing this for. And then you even take a thought, just that thought a step further. And we have a God that also heard those that still mocking him, still yelling in anger, and know that he was still making that journey for them too. Wow. <clears throat> we serve a God that is truly amazing. But I think he would have been encouraged by those mourning and wailing to take another step, another step. But see, Simon probably didn't know all the dynamics. And he probably had some some loyalties, right? He's a good Jew. He's made this entire journey just to be here at the Passover. So he doesn't know that maybe the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and all those in charge shouldn't have wanted this man to be condemned to death. He's probably got some ways to think, of course, we think and assume that those leaders within the church are doing the right thing, that there has to be a reason for this. But I think when he would see Jesus, he would have some compassion. But as he's walking, all of a sudden, the Roman soldiers seeing and not wanting Jesus to die there, maybe worried about them uh, themselves if they don't get him to the cross or maybe just wanted to make sure that they're able to inflict even more torture on the cross we don't know exactly why but when they come to this point where jesus most likely cannot bear this cross by himself in his earthly way we know he's fully god fully human but it is the the burden of those beatings is too much they point to a man the crowd they didn't know him but could you imagine I just wanted to take a trip, right? Life gets interrupted sometimes, right? Simon's life got interrupted. His plans didn't go how he thought they were going to go. They pulled him in. Could you imagine? I want you to think, what would you think about? What would you think if you were the one that is getting called out of this entire crowd of those that are for and against to be brought in, to pick up, to have to take upon this cross for Jesus? You are now being associated with this man that you don't know. He is either a pariah or the Messiah. You're going to be associated with the man that is a criminal going to his judgment. Or you get to be the one to lighten the load on the very God that has come to our place himself. Man, that's a pretty big wide range of emotions, right? Don't we have to answer that same question? Are we going to pick up that cross are we going to pick up that in our lives and do we not say this is the messiah the savior that i need are we going to follow some of those in this world that say it just doesn't matter you don't need him it's just a good story 
You're going to be associated with all those people that have been fooled for years? Or are you going to follow the true Savior of the world? The timing of Jesus doesn't always align with the timing that we want. Our lives get interrupted with that question, I think more than once a lot of times. Are we going to continue to follow? Are we going to be brought on and have, guess what, every day a new cross, a new thing to bear for Him? We know and we say many times, I know there's still people that preach differently, but it, we know here that it's not true that it's going to make your life easier to be a Christian, right? That's not a newsflash to us. That, that it's actually going to be difficult is a word that comes to mind. It is difficult to follow Christ. The burdens of the world, the, the, the influence of the world are still there. But we are called to get our hands dirty. You think of Simon. He didn't know he was going to be coming that day and taking on this load. We don't know how tired he was. We don't know anything. We, but we know that he now is going to be taking upon this and walking the rest of the way. It doesn't see, it's not a very far journey to this place that they're going to be taking him. But also, that's easy for me to say when I'm not carrying a cross on my back. He is going down there and he is going to literally be getting his hands dirty to follow God, to follow the Lord, to follow the Messiah. He didn't, he didn't really have a choice in that, but we do. See, he stepped into a relationship with Christ. And so he is going to, again, either be moved by who this person is, or he's just going to go put it on, do the task, and go home. And too often, I think we have many in the church that put this on and do it as just a task. They don't take on the relationship of following Christ. To share in the suffering of Christ. See, that's our journey here. It is the way of sorrow. It's the way of suffering that we have suffering in this world. The reason that we have suffering is not because we follow or don't follow Jesus. The reason that we have suffering is because we live in a broken world that has suffering. But we can follow two things. We can follow the world or we can follow Jesus. One leads us to death. One leads us to resurrection. One leads us to despair and one leads us to hope. There's judgment, but with Jesus, that judgment is also filled with promise. He was on a journey as well. He knew where he was going and he was not going to allow anything to interrupt that. I want to go back to Simon. See, in this, this passage, I, Luke points, points out one more thing that I just think is amazing. They made him carry it behind Jesus. Could have been before, could have been beside, but he took upon this. He's walking. And I want you again, just close your eyes for a second. Imagine that you're in this crowd, that you've been taken out, that you're now laboring, that you're bringing this out. You hear all these people, that you have now become a part of this spectacle, this part of this, this two-man parade, essentially. You're being associated with this man, and you're probably even potentially being a little bit angry. Why am I here? This, he did this. Why am I paying for what he has done? 
man, that sounds like Jesus, right? Except Jesus doesn't get mad. He says, let me take on the punishment for what we have done. But Simon, in that, but you, you think maybe, just maybe, as he looks up each time to take that next step, what is he looking at? He's looking at the back of Jesus that have been scourged. I know you've seen movies. You've seen the representation. It's not a good look. And you think that, man, that's enough to change somebody. That's enough for somebody to move somebody. That even if he had thought that this was a prior, this was a criminal, man, he'd hear just enough from the crowd. Who am I going to listen to, the angry person or the one that mourns for this person? Is this all of this large crowd that also came out that were mourning? Are they going to come out and do that for an evil person? Are they going to come out and do that for someone that is a true criminal? Or are they going to come out and do that for somebody that has been falsely accused and falsely condemned? And, 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 and Simon, at that point, I, I don't know this, but I believe he, he just, if, if I'm in that situation, I hear those things, I see these things, and I believe my heart will be changed. And all of a sudden, that burden on me, that, 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 that cross that is on me, that beam that is on my back, just feels a little lighter. That I feel like I would have a little bit more in my step to follow. I'm going to go where he's going. I don't know how far we're going, but as far as this guy can walk, I am going to do the same. I'm going to follow him and see where he takes me. Do you take that burden, that cross, Luke says earlier, if anyone would come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily. And what's the next part of that verse? Anybody know? And follow me. Simon got to follow the Messiah. That path, that road was pretty narrow. People are over here. And it may not be very much fun. But where is it going to take him? See, too often in this life we think that it's going to take us where it's going to take us to death, it's going to take us to this, but guess what? It doesn't stay there when we believe what we say we believe. That it doesn't end on that cross. It doesn't end in this life. There's promise, there's hope, there's life everlasting. There is an eternity with Him when we enter into that relationship. And how many of us have our life interrupted that it wasn't when we thought it was going to be, it was at a different time that we entered into that relationship and we started looking Him. We were just finally open to seeing Jesus in front of us. Even though we didn't know that we were going to do that, but just whatever in our life, maybe somebody brought us into church, maybe something happened in our lives that we had our eyes open to finally focus, to see, and to follow Jesus Christ. Allow yourselves to be open to a change in your plans, because your plans don't matter. Be open to inviting others into this. Their life, every once in a while, you know what? And really, just takes one. Their life needs to be interrupted by the things of God. We see humility by Jesus on this. You think about, this is the Messiah. This is God. And guess what? He needed help. He allowed some human to come in from the sidelines 
They call, they call in the relief pitcher here to, to take this on. God doesn't need that. He wants us to enter in and to be a part of what he is doing. That's not a burden. We talk about it sometimes. That's a privilege. Maybe, just maybe, this is speculation. Simon started one way, maybe not, but he started a Jew, but I, I have to believe that he saw something that changed him. And we see later, we don't know that it's the same, but we see uh, later on in, in Mark that, that it says that this was Simon, the, the father of Alexander and Rufus. See, when they say things like that, it's not just so we know what his children's names are. It's because when they're writing those stories, the people that were hearing it in, in these Gospels probably knew who Alexander and Rufus were. They probably, so would say that this is, this is their, their sons, this is their father. You, you know Alexander Rufus, you know this part of the story. This gives credence to that, that guess what? These Christians that we know that are a part of us, we're a part of this story. So we don't know, we have to speculate some, but it doesn't make any sense any other way to me that that Jew was converted, that was brought into, and started to truly follow in more ways than that physical way. Jesus Christ to the cross and to the resurrection. And it had an impact on his entire family. And I just want to... We're going to skip that part. I really just want to end with one final thought today. It was one of those... Sometimes what I hope for each time that I read a story, that I find something new, that, that I dig in, and, and just a new thought. And, and as I read, there was, there was a few people that, that, that brought this out, and I'm like, wow. That's pretty powerful. So if we think again, in Simon's story, he's come these thousands, this thousand miles. He's come all, probably a few months. He has entered into this. He's gotten interrupted. He's come into Jesus. And guess what? What did he come for? He came most likely for the Passover, right? He wants to enter into the celebration. Guess what? The minute that he touched that cross, what did he become? There's blood on that cross because we know that Jesus is bloody. He becomes unclean. Guess who can't join in the celebration of Passover? Guess who just had his entire trip wasted? The more I thought about that is powerful. He thought his purpose was one thing. But he joined Jesus over here and helped Jesus accomplish his purpose. That is our life when we are Christians. What the world might say is unclean, Jesus says, no, you don't need that celebration. You are with me. If if you follow me, I will take you through this difficult, dark, scary time this storm and I will bring you into a new beauty one where the world says this is over this is final and I say no it's just a beginning it is greater it's more beautiful than anything you could ever know all you have to do to 
pick up the cross and follow me. No matter what the world would say, ignore all these and just keep your eyes focused. He didn't know where he was going. He just had to follow Jesus. If he kept his eyes up, he would see. He would be reminded of what Jesus is doing as he's doing it. He's still doing it. He is still bringing us through. He is still bringing us into. And he still has a hope and a promise that what we will end with him will be brought about. That our purpose will fall away. And our purpose will be with him to bring about salvation to the world, to ourselves, and to others. Simon didn't just do it for Jesus. He didn't do it for himself. At first, we know that he wasn't even part. He didn't want to do it. He wasn't called out. He was probably scared. He was probably embarrassed. I don't want to be called. I don't want to be on this path. I don't want to go out there. How many have felt like that when they have come to Christ? And before. It's too scary. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be different. I don't want to be wrong. But if you just follow he will not lead you astray. Amen? I'm going to invite the musicians to come at this time as we close. Do not let the world call unclean what is clean. Continue to follow him. Share in his suffering with joy. And what might look like punishment, which might look like condemnation, which might look like a burden to put this on, it brings freedom. It brings freedom. So even though he felt like what he's being is forced, it will bring freedom to us. We might have life interrupted at times. But trust that he is in control. Trust that he is with us. And trust that he is leading us into life with him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much. We pray, Lord, Lord, that our hearts are changed when we focus on you. Let us not try to lead you because then we will not see. We will not be reminded. We will not hear your voice as well. But let us follow you that we may go in the direction that you would have us to go, not ourselves. Let us, let our plans fall away and be interrupted, Lord, for your plans and your purpose. Let them become our plans and our purpose. Thank you that we get to participate in the redemption of this world, Lord. No different than Simon. Let us take that responsibility so seriously, Lord, that we can't help but go and share what you have done so that others might come to know you. And we pray all of these things in your precious name. Amen. We're so happy that you've chosen to listen to our sermon today on the platform of your choice. We at Cory Community Church, the Nazarene, continue to honor our calling to be kingdom people. We rely upon the gift of the fellowship and community to equip each other to fulfill our mission of reflecting the love of Christ to all those that God has placed within our lives.
We welcome you to join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. in Cory, Indiana, just south of State Road 46. God bless.